In this episode, you'll be interviewing me. Are you ready? Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Dreisen, host of What Do We Have Here? Today we have a very special episode. It is where my fans, well, my listeners, not not all our fans, but uh, my listeners, uh, will be uh, asking me questions. Um, as you sh- surprisingly, actually, many people ask questions, and uh, well, we can't go over all of them today, uh, so we chose some of them. So. Um, Make sure, before we, you know, jump into all these questions, make sure to follow our Insta, WDWHH16. Make sure to share this with your friends and family. And make sure to give us a donation. Every penny counts. Now, uh, before we uh, also, one more thing. Today we're going to be talking about debate night. Uh, This is for anyone who is really interested in debating, and we will be talking about that after we go through all the questions. Today we will be having six questions presented. Uh, if a person preferred to stay anonymous, we will call him anonymous. If a person did not, we will give his Instagram name. So, without a further ado, let's begin. So, first is, um, I did not choose these questions. These were chosen by um, my crew. But uh, let's start with uh, one that actually came up very often. How am I? Well, I'm fine. You know, there, there's really nothing that you know, affects me via the corona. I mean, the coronavirus, of course, I have to be stuck at home. I can't really hang out with my friends as much as I would like. Um, but, you know, as of my free will time, I'm, I'm fine. You know, um, you know, it sucks that our country's on fire. It sucks that the division, I think the division between the classes uh, is growing wider and the division between uh, white people and black people would is growing wider. And that's something that I, I, I truly hate. You know, I hate when it would be much better if you were called by your name than, oh, this person's a black man or, oh, this person's a white man. I, I, I absolutely don't. You know, I wouldn't like it. I would, I would prefer that um, I would be called by my name and a person of a different color would be called by theirs. And that's how it should be. And that's how it always should be. It shouldn't be defined by your skin color. But, you know, we live in a world that some people do, some people don't. You know, it's a mixed bag. Um, but besides that, I'm fine. You know, uh, I'm doing, uh, I'm working on something here and there. But, um, you know, in the end, I'm, I'm doing pretty good, I suppose. So with that out of the way, let's move to how, oh, this is an Instagram name, my bad. So uh, I don't know how to pr- pronounce that. So it's H-A-M-S-E-D-A dot S dot H. So... I'm not going to try to pronounce that because I will not be able to. And, oh, yep, okay. So my my crew told me that there was going to be one question, one question that was going to um, just, you know, uh, upset me. And this is the one. I knew it. It was going to be, what is your favorite K-pop group? Well, um, sorry to break it to you. But, uh, and all my listeners who do listen, I really, 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 really dislike K-pop. I I just, I never liked it to begin with. I mean, it was presented to me when it was first started, this big, you know, K-pop trend. And I I didn't, I didn't grab onto it. You know, I was like, it's stupid, you know. My take, like, some people are going to argue, well, you know, Daniel, 
Um, there's something that you should know. If, if it's in a different language, it doesn't mean it's bad music. And I absolutely agree. Uh, there's a French music, uh, musician that I really like, Indala. Her music is uh, great. Um, I enjoy it a lot. K-pop never hit it off with me. And now it's worse than uh, ever. I mean, from my, my end point, because my sister, she is she's all over K-pop. She, I mean... There's, she she wants a cardboard cutout of a K-pop star who's I I don't know Jim I don't even know their names, Cook yes yes Jung Cook that that's right Jung Cook that 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 is the name, so uh, Jung Cook, right uh, I, Jesus I can't even keep up with them but anyways uh, she wants a cardboard cut cutout if you go into any room of hers that she immediately immediately has all of these painting like that that's the first thing you see you your eyes immediately notice the like billions of posters that she has set up and and everything you know that that has been set up and that's something that you know she many people like and that's one thing that you know I'll give it to the k-pop industry they're smart they make lots of money and that is I suppose what uh their main real job is supposed to do you know if a k-pop group wasn't going to make money I don't think that they would you know be a k-pop group uh, there were actually, um, I was talking to this with one of my friends before, and we were talking about how there was an actual, like a um, Japanese cape uh, group, and there was like a Russian group. Russian group only lasted from what I did research on it for like less than a day. Thank God, you know, we don't need that blemish on uh, the on the Russian report, you know. But um, more blemishes, I should say. Um, but with that being said, uh, no, I, I don't have a favorite K-pop group, star group. And here is what I'm going to say. I'll tell you the one that I do not like the most. It's BTS. And I, and I understand that all of you who listen, you're going to be like, oh, how could you? BTS is my favorite. Well, here, here's what it is. The K BTS is, you know, a group that I... From what I, from what I've heard, is one of the first that uh, you know appeared and became big time, you know, uh, big hit type of um, music. And I'll I'll give them to that. I was also forced to watch, and yes, forced. I do not I do not do this voluntarily. My sister likes to show me all of this, so you know, do not you know come to me later. Oh, what do you think of it now? Because I'll tell you, uh, from what I've seen. These, you know, I'll give it to them. They can dance well. That's fine. They're singing. I, for some of them, it's really well. Like, for instance, that, um, again, Jungkook, right. Uh, he, I, I've heard him uh, when he was on James Corden. I love James Corden. James Corden is awesome. reason why I like him is because he doesn't talk politics much. Politics is, there's a time and place for politics. You know, when you're talking about when you're com, you know, when you have a comedy, yes, you know, make fun of it as much as you want. Politics, uh, you could poke fun. When you have a comedy show, when you're running a full-time show, you have people who are watching from the left and from the right, and you have to consider both of them, right? A comedy guy knows exactly what he's talking about, and so what he's going to do, he's going to bash the left, he's going to bash the right. Of course, there are some that only bash the uh, right and only bash the left. I'm not saying that. But in this case, I am saying that com when people have this large, large platform, 
like not like a comedian Bill Burr. I'm talking about like James Corden platform. You have to stay by bipartisan, and I'm very happy that um, this person did it, and uh, that that's why I like James Corden. But but back to what I was saying, the reason, and that uh, that's why I watch every single one of his shows because I really like how he's bipartisan. If he does say something, he says it. You know, he doesn't really go off track like um, like another Tonight Show. Um, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, who now apparently is getting canceled for something that he racistly did. It's funny if you think about it. Uh, he was, you know, bashing the left and he created all of these people who, you know, hate all the white supremacists, you know, and all of that. And now these people are bashing him. He kind of created his own destruction. It's kind of, I don't know, it's, it's poetic, I would say. But uh, besides that point, um, that that's why I do like James Corden, because he, as I said before, stays neutral. So that's why I watch him no matter what. I will watch him no matter who is on his show, uh, which is why I watch Carpool Karaoke. Now, apparently, during the Carpool Karaoke, when I was watching this, I saw how they were singing. You know, I did not like, you know, the, the rhythm, fine. I did not like how uh, some of their voices... It, ju it just doesn't work for me. I, I don't know how to describe it. It just do doesn't work for me. Uh, though, I did like two of them. And I wrote them down. So we have Jimin. No, wait. Jungkook. Yes, Jungkook. Jungkook was good because uh, the high-pitched uh, voice. You know, I really liked how he really did the high. It's hard to do. Um, I'm, when uh, credit is due, I'll give them credit. You know, high-pitched voice, well done, you know. Uh, apparently, and, and if you could sing that, uh, high of a pitch and lastly was RM and that guy is one of the only people who can speak English, I think. And he raps really fast. And I didn't, uh, this wasn't on the carpool karaoke. This was from a, um, uh, I'm sorry, I <laughs> lost my thought there, but no, this was from another song. Um, and that song which I'm about to tell you, is one of the only ones that I like. And this is a secret that I've kept. But I'm like, I'm, I'm going to admit it because I'm, you know, I'm going to tell you what's on my mind, guys, and that's what it is. So um, my favorite song and the only song, well, was favorite. I no longer listen to it. It kind of grew old on me and I, you know, I'm done. But the only song that I've ever liked of BTS was Dope. That's the only one I liked because, I don't know, it, it had the right rhythm it kept moving. Um, I, I just don't know how to describe it. So with that being said, and I suppose that is, okay, so in the, in the beginning I said BTS was the worst group, you know. Uh, the reason why I say that is on the merit style, I can, you know, I can tolerate their music. I'm not going to walk out of the room saying, oh, how dare you, you know, uh, this, this bleeding my ears. But out of the, out of the, I'm not saying they're terrible, they're, they're for clearly many people, many of them like it. So no way are they terrible. I just dislike them the most. Uh, reason why is because, I, I don't know, the other ones sound nicer. Other ones, the, the only other one I know is Blackpink. Uh, and um, I've listened to them from time to time. No way, shape, or form have I listened to them on repeat. It's just, you know, to see what the hell is going on. Uh, maximum three songs from them. But from the one, I suppose, if you're going to look at it from the angle, who, which one have you actually listened to the most, uh, meaning which song did you like the most, I'll give it to Dope 
because dope really i really did like that song and that's the only one i really said you know this works for me and i, and I would listen to it so i'll i'll, I'll, I'll give it to the favorite k-pop star group i'll give it to bts and the reason why as i said before i do not like any k-pop group star i don't like it just doesn't work for me but i still out of all of them there's only one song that worked for me and that was bts's so for, you know, that's why I would think they are the best. Again, I, in general, do not like them. But since they have the one song, I kind of have to give them the trophy. So that is that. I hope I did answer your question. So uh, the next one is actually one that um, is funny because I was talking about it uh, yesterday. It was with my staff. It was about if you were president, what would you do? Um, so that's an actually interesting question because when, uh, I was little and this is no joke, I would always pretend I was addressing the nation as president during the Obama administration when I was, I think, in, uh, I don't know, someone was wrong with me in elementary school, but I was really, you know, you know, uh, w wanting to, uh, grab the power and become president. And now, you know, I'm looking around the world and I'd say, what would I do? So here's exactly what I do. If you ask anyone who I know from friends to family, I am one of the most bipart, uh, one of the most uh, impartial, sorry, uh, impartial person uh, anyone has ever met. I've taken a test in school way, way back when um, they, they, it was basically here's a, here's a questionnaire, uh, answer it, and we will tell you what party is. From the Democratic, which was on the left, to the Republican Party, which was on the right, there was a line dividing both of them and there you know there were four little sections talking about uh you know do you are you authoritarian are you nationalist are you well four of them i splant i i landed directly in the middle i swear to god i was in the middle of the entire map i was very much bipartisan and i and i still am i respect from people like, like let, let me give you an example one thing that has been controversial, I mean, clearly it's now been overshadowed by all these, you know, riots and you know, everything that's going on. But one thing that has been overshadowed is the pregnancies. You know, Republicans or hardcore conservatives want pregnancies uh, or abortions, I should say, uh, to never happen. They don't want abortions to happen. While I disagree with it. I disagree with that. I do not agree with the left, which says, you know, third trimester abortions are okay. No, they are not. They are not. That baby is is alive. That baby is alive. I mean, it still relies on the woman um, on her body, but that baby is alive. And I understand it's alive through the other trimesters, but in the end, it's really the mother's, it's her body. But I mean, when you have an almost fully formed child, no way, share form should you say, oh, you know what? I'm going to just abortion it so i uh, abort it sorry so i don't have to deal with it for the rest of my life no that's just not how that works here's what i here would be my compromise you see when you have a child in the first couple of weeks you um don't know about it i mean some people already uh so some people would but for those who don't want to take a pregnancy test and you know for some don't, don't suspect in any way they wouldn't know about it then they start having reactions, and then, you know, some, if you were smart, would say, oh, you know, maybe I do have pregnancy. So I would, so that she takes a test, and boom, she's pregnant, and then she can make her a smart decision. Now, 
I would give them a full trimester and a half to come up with their choice because by then they would know if they would be ready to either have an abortion or to have a um, uh, to to keep the child. Now, for, let's say that this family was rich, had a good steady uh, you know economy, a good good steady uh, inflow of money. And they wanted to have a child, and it was after the, um, you know, uh, after the cutoff, which was uh, my, my cutoff at least, which was uh, one trimester and a half. That would be the cutoff. And then they just ran into serious economic troubles. They both lost their job. They cannot support their family. They are doomed. I would give them until the end of the second trimester, maybe just maybe leading into the third, and that that that's almost never to get an abortion. And the reason why is because, look, I understand that to many of the people, my listeners, that would sound crazy, but I don't want to bring a child into this world if all I'm bringing in is, if all I'm going to give him is more torture and suffering. That's not what I want to do. I want this child to have a good life. And the reason why I'd say maybe is because, okay, you can give him up for adoption and give them into foster care. Foster care isn't great at all. You know, there are families that just have foster care to, uh, you know, make themselves more money, to have cuts on taxes. I mean, there are selfish people out there. And I'm not saying, uh, and, I, I'm, and I believe that. You know, there, and there are many stories to prove that as well. But that is definitely a valid option. Then you have to think about at China. But then you have to look at China. China is overpopulated immensely. There was even a time when they had a rule of, of two, where basically uh, the reason you know I left is it refers to Star Wars, uh, but um, it's it's actually quite sad because a, uh, from what I know, a, a family could only have two children, and there would wouldn't be allowed more. I mean that's just sad if you think. I mean that's just terrible. You're only allowed to have two children, and then if you can't have any, and then if you're pregnant again, and you really love this, you know, unborn baby, you want to have it. Nope, you're gonna have to kill it. I mean, that's that's a that's un, that's terrible. And the more, and our population in America is growing steadily, with more immigrants coming into our country illegally and legally. Illegally is going down a little bit thanks to the border wall, which I fully support, mind you. And I fully support it. And I'll tell you why and why how that would be my action as president. Um, but, any, but but as I was saying, um, I believe that you know these adoption agencies and these uh, abortion clinics, as I said, though are bad. Um, if if those are our only options, we will end up just like China at some point because we have all of these immigrants coming into our country, all of uh, country, all, all of this, uh, and more children being born every day. Um, at some point, we might be overpopulated. This country might be overpopulated, and then we will have to go through the uh, rule of two. China's that's definitely a possibility in the future, and one that I and would want to avoid, and my children. Um, I would want them to avoid as well, and my grandchildren, so on and so forth. That is definitely a future that I don't want to be looking upon. Now, 
As I was talking about immigrants, here is my point on the wall. Look, many people are saying the wall is not needed. How is the wall needed? This is terrible. This is awful. Why is the wall needed? This is, you know, people are being locked up in camps. People are being thrown into jail. How is this good? Well, no, hold on. Let, let's, let's, let's walk it back. People are thrown into jail, detentionary, for illegally uh, coming across the country. Illegally. They deserve to be put in jail because when you do something illegal, you get thrown into jail. That's how the law works. There's no exceptions. If you're seeking asylum, you still have to go through the port of entry. AOC, there's a clip where AOC didn't seem to understand that point that you have to go through a port of entry to get to your uh, to get to an asylum. You have to go through a port of and she didn't she couldn't seem to comprehend it. And yet that is the law. Now, here's what I have to say. As I said before, I am bipartisan. So as the president of the United States, I want to make sure immigrants come here faster. Because the reason why, if you really take a hardcore look at this immigrate at, at all of these illegal immigrants, why they're coming here, there's something that many people, uh, there's only one reason that I could think of. The only reason is that because the process to get in this country is too darn slow. That's why people are jumping the, red, the, the fence that is now being turned into a wall. That's why people are coming here undocumented and illegally, because they don't have enough of time to spare to just simply wait. Like for, uh, many people are from Mexico coming into the United States to run away from their problems, and they have genuine problems. So how do we fix this? If I was the president of the United States, how would I fix this one issue? And mind you, this also goes with another question. Uh, that adds on to my uh, the anonymous um, uh, person. He uh, this is how I would answer to this quote unquote call. I would say, look, the wall needs to stay up. We need to protect our border from undocumented immigrants. That is how it is. That is a fact. This is people who do not belong here shouldn't stay here. Furthermore, I would get rid of. Um, sanctuary states and cities. Now, for all of you who don't know who that is, if you are an undocumented immigrant and you move to a sanctuary state or a state you know, or city, um, hereby you're no longer, a DICE or any federal agent can't just take you out of that city. No, you're protected because you're undocumented. Now, if you commit a crime and they get you, you know, then at that point, then they will say, okay, you know what, uh, we're going to have to take you in and, you know, remove you. But besides that, it's basically if you make it to a sanctuary city, you're home free. This is your new home. Just keep it law. Uh, keep, keep yourself lawfully. Keep yourself legally. Just do not do anything wrong. I want that to go. Why? It splits our nation. I think that splits our nation. Because if there are areas where the federal government, which, mind you, is a government that regulates every single state, cannot reach... That is like set separating yourself from the nation. That is literally separating yourself from the nation. And I know some people will say, no, that's not. But it is. If you're stating the point where you will have to separate yourself from the nation by saying that federal agents cannot come in here because and, and hunt for undocumented immigrants, no, that won't cut it. Now, I know that sounds very... Uh, you know, uh, outgoing for, a, in, in the sense that, you know, this is very bold. But there's a deal for the Democrats. Because 
here's what the Democrats want. And, uh, well, not the Democrats, uh, high top liberals, especially Nancy Pelosi. As I said before, you don't have to go through voter in the, in the last, um, uh, in, in the politics uh, episodes where we talked about, you know, politics with uh, Paul. Um, we talked about how it would be hard, uh, you know, how businesses are doing hard and how Nancy Pelosi is creating this tri $3 trillion deal that didn't pass. But under it, in, in like a little subsection, she made it so that voter registration, you know, you don't have to check for voter re registration. You, you, you just go in, can do whatever you want and go out. That's, that's how it, she wanted it to work. That's not... You know, that, that I wouldn't flow with that because that just allows people of anyone, whether you're legal or non-legal, to vote for a president that you're not part, uh, president of a country that you're technically not even part of. And that's how that is. So here is what I would do. And the reason they do this is because they're saying, oh, we're fighting for you every step of the way. But they just want more of them to come in so then they would vote and they, uh, for the Democratic Party, mainly for the hungry, uh, power-hungry liberals, so then they would stay in power. And mind you, many Repu many of these undocumented immigrants uh, go here and they take the time to go through uh, law, legally get into our country, and then they realize that these Democrats are scamming. I had to wait this long. I had to wait this hard. These Democrats aren't extending, uh, are, aren't trying to help us. They just want to make sure that we they get reelected and they realize that they realize that and yet you don't see that on news which is another problem problem with the media so here's what i would do if for the democrats and i would do this not for well not for the democrats but as a way to create a bipartisan agreement city states i mean sitting pardon me not city states um sanctuary cities and states would be removed instead i would place many many centers in all of them, where people can go, all the undocumented immigrants, and apply for citizen. There will be no ICE arrests. There would be no arrests at all. Anyone can go in uh, if you are undocumented with with a hundred percent guarantee that you will be able to return back to your homes in any in every single way possible. Uh, you will be safe, and you know the the only you know thing would be that you're not allowed to move from you know your city uh, because we have to make sure that you know. We're staying legally in parameters while we look at your file and connect with, you know, our intelligence agencies. But uh, rest assured, and we would fast track you to the date of the court where the court would look at you, look at your claim and say, either say, you know, yes, you're allowed to be here or no, we're going to have to put you back in Mexico. And I understand that 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 second part might not emphasize that, but in true, uh, might not, you know, promote that idea of, you know, showing yourself, but... In the end, these court cases are to, if you, if you tell a judge, look, we had to run away. We are in life danger. We had to go. Or, look, it's a better country here. I could not wait. We were on our knees back in Mexico or we're back wherever we came from. And now, now uh, I'm, I'm pleading and I can't, I can't go anywhere. And I, I, I moved to America. Now I'm living in an apartment with my family and I'm making good, uh, good wealth of conditions. Mind you, they are contributing to the economy. They are. The judge will most likely allow them in because they already have been contributing to the economy. Most of them, not all of them, most of them. Now, as for the asylum seeking seekers, 
I think that the best thing would, we would do is move more judges or create more positions for judges for um, border uh, for customs. Uh, well, uh, uh, immigration courts, pardon me, immigration courts. We would have more judges for more, or immigration courts, so the process would be much faster. You don't have to wait months and years. You can wait like at least one month to two months maximum. The, I, I, I want the process to be that fast because if it was that fast, people wouldn't have to be on the run stat, you know, and, and if they were on the run, this is what I would do. If I was president of the United States, I would make them go through the port of entry. If they didn't, of course, I would arrest them and detain them, but they would go through the port of entry. They would be without question allowed in. And when they were on the United States soil, they would be held in a confined area where they would be asked questions and so on and so forth. So we would bring them into our country, in the country, in a secure zone, like top uh, top military. Uh, we would lock it down, and then we would check each person. And after you know that's settled, and we grant them asylum, we will let them go into um, asylum camps. I, I think that is. Um, and then we we would basically let them go, and I think that is should be how it's done because it takes too long for uh, someone to go through. I mean, I understand the port of entry, but they're going to ask many questions. It's better that we bring them in here, and then we ask them, we talk to them. You know, we we really find things out about them, and once we know for sure each one of them is safe for the real citizens of the United States of America, the true citizens of the United States of America who were born here, then I would say. Yes, they're fine to go. So that is my view on becoming, you know, present. That that's my take. Those are two of my examples for you, and that just shows how bipartisan I, I think I am. But that will do for now. Um, so uh, we're now going to take a little break. Uh, but don't worry, we will be back with three more questions. Hello, and welcome back to what do we have here? I am your host, Daniel Dreisen, and let's begin. So, well, let's continue, I should say. <laughs> uh, so we are now um, going to continue with our questions. We just talked about if I was president. That's only part of the things I would do. Personally, it, just to a uh, little continuation, as president, the main goal would be to unite the country, the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. I would force them, if need be, to make peace, make amends of their differences that have divided the country so far apart. And actually, instead of working to hurt each other, may uh, let's instead of hurting the country, let's help the country grow and prosper. Now that that, that was answering the previous question about what if I was president, what would I do? Now let's talk about the next one. Now this one also comes from an anonymous person. Uh, this these questions will not be in any particular order. Um, it's just. One of them, one of uh, the ones that my group found interesting, and they put them out on, down on a piece of paper, and now I am answering. So, what not the anonymous person asked, "What do you think um, of what is going around the world today?" Um, I am kind of confused by this question. You know, based off of what I'm thinking, you're asking, which is you know probably obvious, actually, uh, meaning the riots and the coronavirus. That's what I think. And here is what I'll say. I, I, may, I talked about this before a little bit, and I guess it wouldn't hurt to talk about it now. Um, look, these riots are insane. 
They really are. This city of Chaz, or now Chop, is also catastrophic. We should not have this country so divided, ever. There are now people, little towns uh, where mainly they're prominently old people who live there and are scared because of the coronavirus. And these masses group up and form and they start rioting and protesting. I want to ask them, why did you go there? These people were, this was a nice town. They did nothing wrong. I read the reports. It was friendly. They're friendly with the police relations. Why did you go there? Why the heck did you go there? You see, there's one thing about protesting in where something happened and big buildings where things can get done. Like, for instance, uh, Minneapolis. I understood the protest, protesting, not looting and rioting and destroying. No, protesting. I understood that because that is where it happened. I understand protesting in Washington, D.C., where you can actually get thing done, things done. And I understand protesting where these terrible events have occurred, where unjust black uh, un, uh, people of you know color were un unjustly killed, unjustly killed. I understand that. What I do not understand is why the hell are people rioting, destroying our? I mean, they're destroying their buildings, and now they've created a nation, which, mind you, the Democrats ha are doing nothing about. My, and I'm going to give it to them, not only the Democrats, but the president of the United States at this time, really, even he said things, yes, but he hasn't really done anything. This country, this country of Chaz, this nation, small nation, is still existent. Now, of course, on the news media, on, on the media, and, you know, now it's clear that it's not the citizens are, you know, realize that they're not going to survive. But, I mean, this is catastrophic. That's what I think. And mind you, this is amidst the coronavirus. People are going to the beach right now and they are just relaxing. They're amongst millions, uh, thousands and hundreds of other people. No, that we're supposed, if you're going to be with someone, go with a small group of people. Don't go with the massive crowd. I was watching the news the other day and these tennis people, uh, fa famous ten tennis players, uh, I think one of the, I, I don't know their names, I don't, I don't watch tennis that often, but the number one player uh, of tennis, uh, male tennis, uh, went to a party with his family and he and the other, and the second um, best tennis player in the world, they both got a coronavirus with their families. And this was like a big party. I mean, how stupid, uh, pardon me, but what's going on in people's brains when they say, oh, you know what, it's fine, coronavirus isn't that. Look at the United States death toll. It is very much bad. It is terrible. People still, I, I mean, this is just one of the areas where fear, which I, I never would ever go by fear, this is the only time when I would say fear is the only thing that would keep these people in line. And they've lost the fear of coronavirus. They think that coronavirus is just something that's coming around. No, people are dying for it. And now it has evolved uh, in a way that now children have these side effects by getting the coronavirus that prove much more deadlier to them. Before, they, many people said that, you know, children are less likely to get it. If they do get it, they most likely are to uh, survive. No, that is not 
the case anymore because now coronavirus has developed and grown and I guess you could say evolved in a way that now children have these terrible side effects. I think when I look around the world today, I don't, I, I don't see with the United States. Many people, uh, I, I look at the history, um, I, I always like to look at back at history. Whenever something like this is going on, I always like to look back at history. And one thing that I notice that the Democratic Party is doing, and, I, and mind you, I'm saying the Democratic Party doesn't mean every God, you know, forsaken Democrat. The main hardcore liberals and now the correctly defined terrorist group Antifa, what this looks like is what happened in Soviet Russia, where they want to silence everyone. And if you hurt the feelings of the government or a person who, you know, says that, uh, you know, or, you know, voices with the government, if you hurt their feelings, it is illegal. If you, you have to lie, you have to be silent to get ahead of life. That is what is going on. And if you don't see it, if you don't understand, then you have to look closer. Republicans, as of today, I'm, I'm fine being inter, uh, in the middle because I can vouch for Democrats and Republicans. I can see from both sides of the story. But now colleges, statistically, if you say, if they, you know, pardon me, but if statistically more Democrats have been able to get into college, more minor minorities, and this is completely different from Democrats, but more minorities now statistically have a chance of getting into college. And in no way, shape, or form am I saying minorities shouldn't be able to get into college. Of course they should. The thing is that they shouldn't have more of a chance. We should be equals. If you're white, if you're black, if you're Asian, doesn't matter what your race is, we should be on the same level, you and me. There are uh, African-Americans, there are black people who are not on the same level. And yes, fight for your rights. But if you look at the national scope, we are equals. There are cops who are assholes. There are. But it doesn't mean that all of them are. That is a thing that always boggled my head is when someone says, defund the police, are you insane? Are you, have you gone mad? Defund the police, you know, the, the, the phrase defund the police, to many people are, are, is just, okay, yeah, you know, let's defund the police, not all the way. No, some county has to have taken it all the way. Meaning in Minneapolis, they don't have a police force anymore. And if anything, we are that this helps the Second Amendment because now people will be prone to carrying their firearms because they don't have protection except now themselves. They're the only ones who can protect themselves. And that's the, and that's the issue now. If you cannot feel safe, before there were police around, of course they do these heinous acts, some of them, some of them, not all of them, some of them. Of course there are those that do that those heinous acts. But right now, in my county, I feel much safer when I have a police officer around. I don't I do not I would not feel safe if all the police were disbanded. The, I mean, look at Chaz, for instance. Chaz has a quote unquote police force, but doesn't really do anything. The amount of murders, the amount of shootings in Chaz is boggling. I mean, blows my mind how how many uh, happen in Chaz? That's what happens when you don't have a police force. 
That's what happens. The United States of America has gone far. It has rebelled from a tyrant country. It has fought for civil rights. It has granted those civil rights. It has granted uh, rights for women. We have come so far. And now we're going back. We are going to plummet into the dark ages. Though many may not see this, this is what's going to happen. The United States of America is a great country, I think. And, you know, even though all of this is going on, I am still proud to say that I am American. I am proud to say that I am an American. I am proud to say that even though we have people burning buildings down, even though we have people looting stores, even though we have people shooting cops in the head, even though we have cops unjustly shooting others in the head, I am still proud to say I am an American. Some people believe it is rude to say you are an American, that America is the best country. Some people believe it is rude to say that you are a patriot. To those I say, why are you in America? To those I say, why haven't you moved? To those I say, you aren't an American. I look around the world today and the world is on fire. You must look at those countries that maintain order in, those in their country, maintain, show discipline. The United States today lacks that. I understand, and I can tell you for a fact, the Biden administration, if it is to win, will definitely, most definitely, show no, absolutely no authority. He's going to do what the Democratic leaders will want. That is fine, and I can assure you that. Trump stands for what he believes is right. Of course, Biden will try to do so as well. But Trump doesn't care. But Trump doesn't care what anyone says about him. He's going to do what is his. He's going to do what he thinks is right. Right now, he hasn't done much. And that is one thing. He has done some things that I'm not proud of, uh, pr proud of what he has done, as moving people to take a picture uh, at a church. That, that was something that I did not think was, you know, morally great at all. That definitely a, sh a shame uh, that this ever happened. But it did. When I look around the world today, I realize that amidst this coronavirus, amidst all of these riots, there is still light at the end of the tunnel. And all I can say for uh, this person is, look, I understand that it's bad. I understand that probably the reason why you're asking this question is uh, you realize this and you're either holy shit or you just want to know why. And if you're saying, holy shit, and for any of my listeners who are, just wait. See, you, there's a light at the end of this tunnel. Many people, it's, I, know, I know for many they do not see it, but that's because it's masked by all these disgusting riots, by all the propaganda given by both of the parties, by all of this madness. But when you clear the smoke, when you see, look past what is presented, you will see that... There is a light at the end of this tunnel. We can and we sh will make it out of this. I know it. And if we just wait, if we hold through, if we enforce the law, if we show the American people that we don't have a tolerance for this madness, if we show that all those who are 
go do all, all of these riots, all of these, uh, you know, shootings. So we show them that you will be punished. Then there will be the light at the end of the tunnel. When there is order, there is peace. And when there is peace, there is prosperity. And that, I think, is where we have a chance of going. We definitely have a chance of going into civil war. Not going to go on that end, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So that is what I think of the world today. Now, uh, let's move on to lighter note. <laughs> uh, let's move to, um, oh, uh, Black Admiral Thrawn. Now, for any of you who don't know this, the, uh, this is Admiral Thrawn uh, from Grand Admiral Thrawn from Star Wars, one of my favorite characters in all of Star Wars. And, oh, uh, the question is, who is your favorite Star Wars character? Now, I know I just said uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn is one of my favorite ones, but it's one of my favorite ones, not the most famous one. Favorite one, pardon me. Now, the, my uh, favorite one isn't actually in any of the movies. I am a Star Wars nerd. I, uh, Jesus, I know lore, I like, by the back of my hand. I know absolutely everything there is to know about it. But the issue, I suppose, that would go with, uh, you know, that is that not many people know lore. Not many people, you know, care about Star Wars. So here is what I would say to that. Um, I would say this. Look, here is, you know, I, I'll, how about this? No, no. I'll, I'll tell you who my favorite character is from uh non uh, from lore you know from all the games video games and then i'll tell you just the movies because i think that's fair so from all the non-title movie games uh emperor valorian i might be pronouncing his name wrong i know it's my favorite character but i always pronounce his name wrong but emperor valorian uh but i know he's called the a thousand year emperor so that is my favorite lore character but from my favorite non-lore character, and the reason, but by the way, the reason why uh, he's my favorite lore character, uh, or just character in all of Star Wars, is because he was, uh, it's not, first of all, he just looks awesome. But it's because he was able to control this massive fleet and be able to trick people, not once, but twice, into doing his bidding while they thought they were just working for themselves. But unfortunately, he uh, tricked himself into believing that he had everything under control. And that is usually how villains uh, tend to fall. Um, which brings me up to the, my favorite person in all of, the, you know, the, all of Star Wars that is on movie, uh, Emperor Palpatine. And here's why. When you take a look at Emperor Palpatine, you know, you, most people know who he is. Actually, right now I'm wearing a shirt called The Senate. <laughs> uh, I got it for Christmas. But, um, if you really uh, look at you know, Palpatine, here's what I'll tell you about him. Very nice, cunning character. I, I remember watching Star Wars when I was a kid, and my family showed it to me not in the way that it was originally presented, meaning that the original trilogy came first, then the, uh, then the prequels, and you know, then the uh, sequels. Um, I watched it differently. I watched it from the first episode, episode one, all, the Phantom Menace, all the way to, clearly, uh, The Rise of Skywalker, which, mind you, I the, the last two episodes were utter trash. In my, in, in my, you know, viewpoint, were utter trash. There are only two scenes 
And actually, I'll get into that a little later. I'm going to nerd out on every single one of you. Uh, so here is, if you don't want me to nerd out on all of you, I'm so sorry, but here I go. Um, Palpatine, why do I like him? First of all, but I mean, the re main question is, why do I like uh, Palpatine, who's my favorite Star Wars character, Palpatine? And the reason why is because, first of all, he, after he learned everything, he killed his master, but he clearly didn't learn everything because he didn't know how to uh, heal Padme. Or maybe he did, but he, did a, he didn't because he wanted to create a Dark Lord of the Sith. But with that being said, he, first of all, created a... Um, he killed his master, became the Sith. Then launched his, you know, apprentice, Darth Maul, who, you know, uh, was cut in half and then thought to be dead, but then wasn't dead according to the Clone Wars TV show, and then was basically a slave and then escaped and then died in, a, like, in Star Wars Rebels. I'm sorry, I'm nerding out, but these are just different, you know, seasons. But in the end, uh, he, had Dar uh, he had Count Dooku, Darth Trinaris, to... Um, follow after him, his footsteps. And he fiddled the entire galaxy so well. I was... I am I am a detective when it comes to movies. There has not been one movie or one series that I have not been able to say, I know who the murderer is, or I know who the mastermind is, or I know who did it. Never been a series like that. I've always been able to nail each and every single person. Always. Every single time. There are no exceptions. There, okay, well, might, there, there may be like one, but most of the time, almost no exceptions. And Star Wars wasn't one of them. But I knew uh, Emperor Palpatine was um, the, the, the evil guy who controlled, uh, you know, the Senate and uh, controlled the Republic and the Separatist Alliance was Emperor, uh, was Chief Palpatine, the Senator, and then later on the Chancellor. I knew it. And that's why I think that this guy is the most, my, my favorite character, is because he fiddled the entire galaxy into believing that they were going to win. So the Republic thought they were going to win, the Separatist Alliance thought they were going to win, and when time came, he let the Republic win. And when the time came, when they found out that he was, uh, when the Jedi found out that he was really the you know evil Sith, he outsmarted them by already planning for this. He outsmarted each and every one of them by sending them off into doing their missions, destroying the Separatists, and when they were all spread out and far away, he picked them off one by one. And then, you know, Yoda tried to face him, but that did not work so well. So, after that, of course, the Emperor uh, gets cocky, he's on his second Death Star, strike me down, you know, all of that stuff, and he gets struck down. Now, enter the third uh, the third trilogy. This is where I... The Force Awakens, I'll take it. It's fine. I would watch it again. You know, it's not the greatest, but it's fine. You know, I'll take it. Uh, but about the um, last two, no. Snoke should have been this... You know, should have been the main evil guy. Shouldn't have been a clone, as he was later revealed to be. Um, that's just my uh, personal, you know feeling on that. Um, but besides that point, you know, I, I personally think that if Snoke was given more time to evolve as a character, that would be great. If he was given more time to explain, if he was like Darth Plagueis, that would be insanely awesome. 
but he wasn't. He was a clone that was cut in half and literally on time and in his in in the movie. But um, in the end, it's revealed that em it was all along Emperor Palpatine. Ooh, so spooky! And and I did not see this coming, and no one else did because we all saw him die. We did not know that he and apparently he was cloned. And you know who explained that? Not the movie. You have to read the book to find out that he was cloned. In the beginning of the movie, it talks about the Emperor Speaks. Where? On Fortnite. I mean, this movie just disappointed me in the intro. In the beginning, it was great. Me me meaning the, the dialogue that is before almost every single Star Wars movie uh, was terrible uh, for that movie. But the beginning was great, where they were hyper-jumping uh, from every single point. That was hot. That was intense. I liked it, but the fact is that when they just came up with these many new abilities, like the Emperor for the first time draining the life force, or the Emperor, and this this was so bad, the Emperor drained all of the life force from both of them, all of them. He said uh, the two makes uh, something along the lines that the two can bring back the one or heal the one, something like that. And he did. He took out all their life force. Yet one of them stood up. So then he was, you know, thrown into a uh, into a ditch. And the second one was brought back to life by the Jedi. Ooh, the the Jedi. And then she fought. You know, she had one lightsaber in hand. And this guy is all the Sith. I am all the Sith. And he you know, he electrocutes uh, Ray. And she has this one lightsaber. And she's you know she's holding him off. And then. And mind you, this is something that I did not understand. He electrocuted an entire fleet of thousands of ships. If not, I, I would not dare say millions of ships and frigates that were fighting this empire. You know, thousands upon, if not millions. And he was destroying all of them. He shut all of them down. And now this one lightsaber is the only thing that's... Oh, no, a lightsaber. My weakness to the unlimited power that I had to just a second ago eliminate the entire fleet. So he's striking her with lightning and she's like, Ooh, you know, uh, uh, you're never going to get away with this. And he goes, well, I'm all the Sith. And then she picks up another lightsaber. And she goes, well, no, no, I'm all the Jedi. And then she defeats him with that counter lightning. Uh, that, that was like, are you kidding me? So you, the, the difference was two lightsabers. I know some people are going to say, well, no, she was all the Jedi. C come on, guys. Come on. I mean, she was all the Jedi with one lightsaber, but no, with two, there's a difference. And then at the end, from out of nowhere, comes the kiss between Benzel, who survived falling into a ditch. Which I assume was lightning down there because I heard, uh, you saw flashes from the pit which he fell into. So he survived the lightning and the ditch. So he cl he climbed back up with, mind you, zero life force, and then she, you know, Ray collapsed to the ground because she doesn't have any. And he give and uh, he gives her her life. Uh, he gives her his life force, which he, I didn't understand that happened because he doesn't have any left. But fine. And then they kiss, and I was like, "What? That didn't make any sense." They hated each other. And they only started working each other, uh, working with each other for two scenes when they killed Snoke. And now, 
the only two scenes in the entire trilogy when they were like, let's work together. Now let's make out. And then he dies. And that's the end. And then she calls herself Ray Skywalker and yada, yada, yada. Everyone lives happily forever. You know, blah, 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 blah. It would be really funny if, it, if uh, at the end she goes, well, what's your name? And Ray says, Revenge of the Sith. And that would be, that, that would have been really funny. But I digress. Um, so that's my, so in the end, I, I know I got a little off topic. I'm just very passionate about Star Wars. Uh, but my favorite Star Wars character out of the movies goes to Ember Palpatine. So, thank you, Black Admiral Thrawn. Find him on Instagram. Now, Anonymous, this will be our last question, and I like this one, actually. It says, what do you do in your spare time? Well, Against many, against many people's, you know, thoughts, I don't have a lot of spare time. I have to do uh, SATF to prep for that. I have a lot of stuff on on my plate. But I do have spare time. In no way, shape, or form do I say I don't have spare time. And what I do is I'm actually writing a book. And I'm very proud to say that I have uh, passed over 200 pages on my book. It's called Waves of Power, Tsunami of Deception. Uh not not final title, uh, not not the final title, and it's basically a thriller. It's a sci-fi thriller where um, it's basically a republic and an empire are at war. I know I know this. Many people will say it's like Star Wars, but once you really truly get into the book, it's completely different. There's more in depth on the characters. It goes uh, there's treason, there's murder mystery, there is a whole big scheme. There's a secret council. There's a bunch of things that make it so much so different than Star Wars. So that is that. Um, and I'm writing a, I started writing a new murder mystery. I recently rewatched one of my favorite movies, Knives Out, wonderfully made. Ryan Johnson created The, uh, the Last Jedi, awfully made. This corrected his record so much. The, the, this I, I would even reckon to say this made his be, uh, uh, record uh, better than it was before. It was destroyed by The Last Jedi and then brought back and made better by Knives Out. If you, have, if you have not seen that movie, highly suggest it. And I call my new book, it's a murder mystery as well, and it's going to be called Breadcrumbs. And the reason why, and um, I'm not going to spoil you, uh, spoil to you, there are hints in this story of who committed the murder like breadcrumbs. You're not going to follow the actual trail. You would follow this, the little breadcrumbs that are here and there. So that is that. Besides that, I like to work out. I like to uh, bike. Um, I like to sometimes uh, talk with my friends. Now I'm finally soon going to be hanging out with them. Not in the house, not many of them. It's just going to be walking in the park outdoors. Very few within legal standards. So keep that in mind. You know, uh, not, not like on the beach, but I, I have some, I hang out with my family. I talk to them, you know, we, we play games, I play video games a lot, Battlefront 2, um, one of my favorite, that is my favorite game, Battlefront 2, and now I'm, I love watching the news for Battlefront 2, that's always being covered, and now it possibly could be back, I, I'm getting too involved with this, but that, that is what I do with my spare time, I, that's what I, I guess you could say have on my mind, so that, you know, that is that I would say. So now we've reached the end. But before you go, before you go, before you go, uh, I want to talk about debate night. Now, this is not the end of you know the episode. I wanted for anyone who is interested in the debate night or interested in debating and appearing on our 
podcast to debate with another listener, stay tuned. Uh, but before we do that, I just want to uh, remind you that we have our season finale is next week. It's next week. I know it's next week. We've reached our ninth episode and that will be our season finale. Uh, because we are getting more and more equipment for our second season, which we will have YouTube available at that time, where we will have YouTube videos recording, and you know we will have all of that working on. Now, uh, debate night. Uh, so that that is that, and our season finale, mind you, is going to. We're going to have a wonderful guest on, and I'm, I, I have such an honor of having him. It will be um, Star Wars poetry. We will be having an interview with him, and I, I felt that you know I should end up the season with something I really enjoy, which is Star Wars, as you can clearly uh, see from my nerd out. He was a poet, Star Wars poetry, and he creates many, many poems about, uh, I guess, Star Wars, many characters, so on and so forth. But uh, that, that's all going to be next week, so make sure you stay tuned in for that. Now, um, that is that for anyone who... Uh, so before you go, make sure to uh, stay tuned. Uh, keep your family, you know, in the loop. Share with your friends. You know, um, uh, go on Instagram wdwhh16, and uh, make sure to donate to the podcast. So anyone who does not want to, so that's for anyone who did not, want, and, and for those who want to learn about debate night. So there is that. Uh, now, for if you want to go, if you want to listen about our debate night, stay tuned. So here is our debate night. Um, debate night is going to happen. We, it's still in the works, but we're thinking every Friday. Uh, not not every Friday, ju just on Friday, uh, some, some Fridays. And what it will be is we're going to have two people uh, randomly select who wanted to uh, join, talk about politics. There would be given you know topics, and I would be a moderator. And I would be, you know, giving each person time. And at the end, you know, it would be multiple topics. And uh, I would determine who the winner was. And as you can clearly see after today, I am very much bipartisan. I take both sides of the argument. So that is my um, point of view on that. So then we will have debate. Now, as time progresses, and hopefully this will be over, we will uh, have times where we will travel, uh, our crew, we, we will travel to certain locations and we will ask people, hey, if you want to debate on debate night, come here. It's free of charge. We will probably have some food uh, there for you to eat. And we will record everything and we will have you simply talk about, um, you know, these types of topics. And we will have this wonderful debate and, you know, a winner can get a prize, I suppose. And we will have a moderator. We'll have a fact checker. It's going to be absolutely wonderful. Uh, so definitely, absolutely, uh, if you like this, uh, give us a DM on uh, WDWHH16, our um, social new, uh, so, social uh, network uh, manager will take care of that. She will contact you and she will talk about it with you, uh, so on and so forth. I, I, I will also hop in. But uh, with that being said, you know, that that is what I have to say about debate night. So now we have officially reached the end of the episode. Uh, stay tuned for our season finale, which is episode nine. Um Make sure you, uh, you know, donate, as I said before. Make sure you uh, share with your friends and family. Family, Keep them in the loop and donate to our podcast. Every penny counts. And as always, I will see you in the next episode. Goodbye.